and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here are news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is from Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Today, we are continuing our Halloween-inspired Fright Fest with the work of the acclaimed audiobook narrator and also audio drama producer Bill Dufries. He's local to those of us lucky enough to live in coastal southern Maine, and uh, Bill has produced several shows as part of his Nightmares on Congress Street collections. With his uh, Rocky Coast Radio Theater is the group. They've recorded lots of cl- classics and fresh adaptations, stuff by Poe, Bradbury, H.P. Lovecraft, William Hope Hodgton, all kinds of great stuff, and some uh, fresh original new writers in there as well. Um, today you're going to hear two things that has as of yet been unheard. Yes, this is the first time they've been broadcast or podcast anywhere. And I think you'll enjoy them. They are awesome. We've got The Nephews, adapted from a short story by Rick Hatula. I think I got that right. And Hollywood ending a story in the style of Tales from the Crypt. And if you hear that, you're going to say, man, why is DC not grabbing Bill to do Tales from the Crypt right now? I don't know either. It's awesome stuff. He is uh, spectacular. There are awesome voice actors in all of these professional effects. Wish there was more of this. Wish the Bill was putting out a new show like this, a uh, couple collections every year. They're so awesome. Let's go with the horror doubleheader. Hope you enjoy. Good to see you. Hey, where the hell you been, boy? Oh, Marsh was here about an hour ago looking for you. I'll catch up with her later. Here you go, Glenn. Seen you coming. Oh, thanks, Chantel. You're a darling. Yeah. Sure looks like you needed that one pretty bad, huh? Hey, you all right? You look like shit. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm okay. I've been out to the nephews. Huh? You don't say. What the hell you want to be doing out there? Especially this time of year. Remember that writer fella up from Portland who was in here a day or so ago asking about the lighthouse mm-hmm. out on the Nephews? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he wanted me to take him out there today. I just got back. Wanted to see the haunted lighthouse, did he? you got to admit, there's some pretty weird stories about that place. Oh, oh it's all horse-pucky, if you ask me. There's nothing on that island but a derelict lighthouse. And the keeper's old house has gone to shit. That's right. Well, that's pretty much what I told this guy. But he was determined to see it for himself. He wanted to see if he could see a ghost. Or at least hear the music. Hmm. There's no ghosts on that island. And sure as hell ain't no music. Ain't nothing there except a couple old buildings and rocks covered with seagull shit. Yeah, but just let me tell you what happened. Because I'm going to need one of both of you guys to go back with me. And find it. Oh, shit. You gotta be kidding me. Let me tell you something. The last damn thing we need is another story in some friggin' magazine or newspaper about that lighthouse. All it means is we're gonna get more and more curiosity seekers poking around out Uh here. And that can only mean more trouble. Yeah, more trouble for you, maybe. I'm thinking you don't want any more boats around as necessary so no one will find out how many bales of weed you're bringing in every month. Well, maybe I got a wife and three kids to feed, unlike you, you buck Yeah, only three that we know about. <laughs> from what I hear, you got a passel of bastards running around from in Bangor. Hey, come on, take it easy, you two. Jeez, for such good friends, you sure do argue plenty enough. <laughs> Here, let me buy the next round. All right. That writer fella paid me an extra 50 bucks to wait around till after dark. That's why I'm so late. Won't argue with that. 
Hey, Chantel. Yeah. More the same over here. Mr. Big Spender's buying. Oh, sure. Better be a decent tip in it for me, then. Yeah, well, here's a tip for you. Don't eat yellow snuff. Oh, well, from the color of your teeth, looks like you've had plenty already. Har, har. <laughs> Aside from the money, what in God's name made you do a fool thing like taking somebody out to the nephews? You know better than that. Tangway was supposed to ferry this guy over there today, but he never showed. Sounds <laughs> just like that building. Probably went to the fights in Lewiston. Fella's name is Mike. Mike something or other. Anyways, he's heard the stories about the lighthouse keeper and his wife. You know how she was so lonely and isolated out there all winter that she made her husband buy a piano and bring it all the way out to the island. Yeah, yeah, problem was she only knew how to play one tune. She played it day and night, night and day, until it finally drove the poor fella nuts. Hey, isn't that one where the guy took an axe to the piano and then her? Oh, thanks, Chantel. Oh, yeah, thanks. Say, will you marry me? Only a few prompts to support me in the manner I'm accustomed to. You live in a trailer park? No. Well, wedding's off then. Oh, damn. My mama's going to be so disappointed. Okay, okay. We know the piano story, Glenny. We don't need to hear it again. But you said you wanted us to go with you tonight to find him. You mean to say you left that guy out there? I didn't exactly leave him out there. He just never showed up. Well, it's pretty much the same thing, don't you think? Never showed up. Ah, uh, this city fella paid Glenn to take him out to the nephews. Now he's lost out there. Why didn't you step with him? He asked if I wanted to walk over to the lighthouse with him, but I figured it was better to stay with the boat. The ocean's still pretty heavy from that storm the other day, and I didn't want to get stranded myself. Well, you didn't mind leaving him behind, huh? I told you I didn't leave him. He just never showed up. I waited plenty long and then went looking for him, but I couldn't find him. I sure as hell wasn't about to stick around all night. I figure either he ain't ever coming off that island, alive anyway, mm. or else he's sacked out someplace just waiting for dawn. <laughs> he have a cell phone with him. I mean, these days you got to put some effort into it if you want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah, he had one, but I don't have the number, and you know there's no reception out there anyway. So what'd be the use? Y you really did go looking for him. You ain't just saying that. Cuss I did. I told him I wasn't interested in checking out any of the buildings and to make sure he was back by 7 o'clock. No way I'm going to freeze my ass off out there all night. Oh, no, not you. And he never showed. I hollered and hollered for him, but he never answered. It was dark by then. I got the flashlight from my boat, but I never seen hide nor hair. <laughs> you think the ghost got him, said it? It ain't funny, Tony. I don't know what happened. He might have fallen off one of the ledges, for all I know. The door to the lighthouse was wide open, so he might have gone up to the top. But I didn't see any sign of him being up there, you know, like his flashlight or anything. You didn't go inside and look for him in the lighthouse, did you? Would you? Hmm. Shouldn't you call the Coast Guard or something? Well, we don't find him tonight. I guess we'll have to. But the Coast Guard ain't too keen about anyone being on that island. Mm -hmm. So I ain't about to admit that I've been ferrying people out there. Mm, good point. A damn good point. Well, come on, you two. Let's finish those up and let's get out of here. <sighs> hey, uh, you think there might be some kind of reward if we find him? Well, the damn well better be. I'd say Glenn split some money with us that he made off on that writer yeah, sure. just for making us go with him. I like it. Let's get going before I sober up enough to change my mind. Mm. Hey, Chantel, keep them sheets warm for me, okay? <laughs> sure. The only way I'd keep your sheets warm be to set fire to them. Preferably with you in them. Mm. <laughs> hey, listen. No, seriously. 
You guys, you be careful out there. Uh, all right, guys. See you later. I'm freezing here. Let's make this quick. You say you looked all over, but, but not in the lighthouse, right? That's right. And there's no way I was going to go up there on my own. Uh, well, if that right is going to be holed up anywhere, it'll be in there. Sure, anywhere else on this rock you can find shelter. If he's not in there, then we can come back and look for him on the rocks in the daylight. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, guys. No, don't mention it. But you do owe us big time. You better let him know we're around. What, what's his name again? Mike. Mike. Mike something. Well, that'll do. Hello, Mike! Hey, Mikey, where are you, man? Hello, Mike. Can you hear us here? Give us a show, buddy. Hello. Oh, geez, you big dimwit. Give the guy a chance to call back, will you? How are we going to hear him? If all you got is your big yapper flapping Least away. Least ways he'd hear me. Whippy dark like you ain't got the lung power. Hey, Mikey! Shh. Hey, Tony. Shine your flashlight on the lighthouse up there. Hmm? Can you see something hanging on the door? Uh, yeah. What is that, anyway? I think that's the guy's bag. Hmm? That sure wasn't there when I came looking up here before. And that door was definitely open, not closed. Maybe he's inside and closed it himself with the wind blowing shot. Come on, you guys. Stop freaking out over nothing. Hey, Mikey, are you in there? Shut up, butter. I don't feel good about this. The guy never let that bag out of his sight. It was like it was filled with gold or something. He never would have just left it like that. Well, we're here now. We might as well check it out. Hey, the door's locked. Hmm? Something's going on here. So what? Like I just said, maybe he's inside. Hey, Mikey, it's freezing out here. Let us in. Or we'll half and we'll pop. Oh, will we'll... you shut it? What you got there, Glenn? Hey, hey, cool. Is that one of them mini recorders? Yeah. He was asking me all sorts of questions with it about the island, taping him like an interview or something. Whoa, wait a second. Maybe he's on the tape. So, hmm. as I understand it, you're saying you don't believe in ghosts, or that you just don't Who's believe that? the stories about Shh. this particular lighthouse and island. That's the I'm writer. not saying anything either way. It's just that when you live around here and you're living on the ocean, you hear all sorts of tales, and you take them for what they are, just tales. Unless you experience something yourself that you don't understand. So are you saying flat out that there are no ghosts in the lighthouse or the lightkeeper's house on Nephew's Island? I ain't saying there is, and I ain't saying there ain't. <laughs> Christ, you sound like friggin' Einstein. Even butter sounds more intelligent. So tell me, have right? you personally ever had any strange or what you might call supernatural experiences? Hmm. Huh. There have been numerous reports from fishermen and sailors passing by Nephew's Island. Especially late at night, who have heard strains of piano music. Some people have even said that it was a particular song they heard. Have you ever been out here at night and heard anything like that? I'm, uh, I'm not usually out this way. Uh, most of my traps are set south of the harbor. 
That ain't true. You got about 30 or 40 pots out in here. I wasn't gonna tell him that. Listen to him. He's grinding me like I'm some kind of authority or something. I wouldn't have there are numerous them a damn yeah, thing. But you heard it. You know damn right well you had. You and me were out this way a couple of summers ago, remember? And we both heard Nothing. It. Nothing. At least, nothing that guy needed to know about. What was that? That must have been him opening the door, right? Where'd you think he is, anyway? Lighthouse or the keeper's house? Probably the front door of the lighthouse. Don't be quiet. Listen. Hear that? I didn't hear a thing. You, Tony? I, I don't know. Wait, wait. Listen again. What the hell was that? <laughs> Jesus, Mary, Joseph. with us, Glenn. No way, man. You can hear it, right? Let me see that bag. Yeah. What else is in this thing? Shit! What the hell's this? What? What? Oh, but a bunch of sticky crap here on a... Oh. Shine that light in here. What the hell is this? Oh, my God. It's blood. What? Oh, oh, shit. The whole bag's filled with it. What the hell's going on I'm here? I'm out of here. This is too wild. We can maybe come back in the morning. Okay, guys, I know that to piano, but what the hell's that other sound? I, I think it's, uh, it, it's, it sounds, it sounds like an axe. Oh, shit, I'm out of here. If you two ain't with me by the time I reach that goddamn boat, and I swear to Christ, I'm leaving you here. Well, oh, not if I get there for this. What'd you eat tonight, anyway? Tube steaks. Oh, when are you gonna grow up? Hey, Glenn, what are you doing with that bag? It's evidence. I figure I'd take it into Chief McCluskey and let him handle it. What? Are you nuts? Nothing doing. You, you want my advice? I think you ought to take that damn tape recorder, and zip it back into that carrying case with all that other stuff, put a big rock with it, and drop it overboard, and you go out lobstering tomorrow morning. Because mm -hmm. if that tape's for real, there ain't no one ever going to see that writer fella alive again. Not on the nephews, and not anywhere else. Also, that fella drove up here, you say? Then if I was you, while it's still dark, I'd think about driving his car over to Nickerson's quarry and pushing it off the big derrick ledge where it's the deepest. And you want to know what I think? Not really. Oh, you're a riot. Anyway, I think about moving them 30 or 40 traps you've got out here by the nephews some other place and fast. What? I wouldn't normally say this, but I think Butter's right. Yeah? For once in his life... Ah, both of you stank. <laughs> Not as bad as you do. Hey, hey, why don't you do us a favor and sit in the stern? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, if you don't want anyone to find out about you shatting, especially Chantel, oh, then we're going to have to get quite a few beers out of here. You betcha. Ain't no fair. Come on, you guys wouldn't say anything, would you? Come on, we're buddies. No loyalty where beers are concerned. Hey, what about the time you popped that eight ball in your mouth and we had to snap your jaw to get it out? Oh, I never told anyone about that. Well, no, you did I? Idiot, that wasn't me, it was you. You were too drunk to 
remember. Well, you, you know what you can go and do with yourself. It's me, the Vault Keeper. Time to guest host the Crypt Keeper's audio magazine once again. <laughs> so drag your battered bodies into the vault and stretch them out on that cake of ice over there. It'll keep you cool, <laughs> which is the proper mood for this chilling tale of ice, snow, and hot love I call a Hollywood ending. Howard, <laughs> famous Hollywood movie producer, celebrated sportsman, and world traveler, guided his private plane low over the glaring ice fields of the frozen north. <laughs> There's an Eskimo settlement down there, Mr. Howard. All right, Evans, uh, tell the publicity boys to fasten their safety belts. We're going in. They see us. There's a level spot east of the settlement. I'm gonna bring her down on it. Soon the sky giant ski runners touched the surface of the chosen icy expanse and came to a stop. Uh, don't just sit there. What am I paying you guys for? Let's get some pictures and get out of here. Uh, uh, yes, Mr. Howard. Okay, sir. Does anybody here speak English? I speak English. Good. Good. Uh, my name is Howards. Hugh Howards. I'm a Hollywood producer and, uh, say, now that I get a better look at you, you're not an Eskimo, are you? No, Mr. Howards. I'm an American. What's a beautiful girl like you doing in a godforsaken place like this? I live here with these people. That wooden building over there is my home. My guardian brought me here six years ago. That smile of yours... And the way your eyes sparkle. Even in Hollywood, I've never seen anyone as beautiful as you. Hollywood? I'm afraid I don't know where that is. You don't get out much, I guess. You say you live there in that shack? Is it heated? Yes, of course. Why do you ask? Uh, come on, let's go in. I want to take a look at your figure. My figure? You mean my body? Really? No. Now, Mr. Howard, look, I can't... Look, look, don't get in a huff. I'm a Hollywood producer... This is strictly business. If you've got what it takes, I can make a star out of you. A star? What's that? Huh? How long did you say you've lived up here? Six years. Daddy, that's my guardian, Dr. Wings, brought me here after the accident. <sighs> accident? Yes. My real father and I were in a car accident. Uh. Father was Dr. Weems' collaborator. Father was killed, and I lost my memory. I can't even remember what my father looked like. Oh, amnesia, huh? I guess so. Anyway, Daddy brought me here. 
He had to teach me all over again. I had forgotten everything. I'd even forgotten how to walk and talk. Mm. It was awful. But Daddy was patient, and I learned quickly. Then you really don't know anything about movies or movie stars. I'm afraid not, Mr. Howards. Say, we'd better take off our parkas now that we're indoors. The girl slipped out of her hooded parka and pulled off her fur pants. <laughs> you quickly followed her example. Soon she stood before him, clad only in a simple sweater and slacks. Terrific. You look terrific. What's your name? Terry. It's short for Teresa. Terry Arlen. Oh, you're a sweet kid, Terry. I'd like to help you. Oh. Where is your guardian, this uh, Dr. Weems? I want to ask his permission to take you to Hollywood. He, he'd never let me go. He's forbidden me to ever leave the settlement. Oh. Uh, but if you wish, you may ask him. He's at the trading post. He'll be back in two days. Two days later. The shining private air transport still sat on the open ice field outside the settlement. Hugh Howard sat stayed, waiting for Dr. Weems to return by dog sled from the distant trading post. Hey, look here, Evans. When in places are we leaving this frigid hole? It's been two days. I got a wife and kids. Sorry, boys. Mr. Howard's has business here. <sighs> Yeah, business with that dame. <laughs> I've seen them together. Yeah. Indeed, they had been together. Almost every chance they could get. There was something about Terry. Something Hugh had never felt about a woman before. I'm in love with you, Terry. I need you. Oh. You've got to come back to the States with me. I want to marry you. Oh, you? You don't mean it. I've never been in love before. How can I be sure? Oh! Mm. Oh, you. Now, are you sure, Terry? Oh. Take your hands oh. off me! What the... Oh, Daddy! Get out. Leave her alone. Get out of my house! Wait, Daddy, you don't understand. Hugh wants to marry me and take me to Hollywood. That's right, sir. Never. I forbid it. You're not leaving, Terry. You're staying here with me. But, Doctor, Doctor, I love Terry. I can give her so much. Hugh wants to make a movie star out of me. He's a producer. Oh, yes, I've heard of you, Mr. Howards. You're up here on a publicity stunt. Is Terry going to be one of your publicity gags, too? Get out! Okay, sir, if that's the way you feel about it. Hugh... Wait! Terry! Terry darted after Hugh. He snatched his fur coat and walked straight out the door. Terry followed him out into the icy night. You're not going yet, are you, darling? I've got to, Terry. If you feel you really love me and you want to come with me, meet me at the plane in an hour. I'll, I'll be there, Hugh. I'll be there. Is he going away? Yes, Daddy. He's going. Hmm. 
exhausted from his trip. Oh, Dr. Weems laid down to rest and fell asleep. When he awoke an hour later... Uh, Terry, I, I heard him. Harry! Where are you? High above the tiny Eskimo settlement, Terry sat beside you in the cockpit of the huge transport plane. <laughs> oh, Hugh, I'm so, so excited. If only I'd had Daddy's permission to go, instead of having to sneak away. Ah, don't worry, Terry. He'll get over it. You deserve a little happiness after six long years. As Hugh Howard's private airliner disappeared into the Arctic blue, Dr. Weems hastily hitched up his dog team. If I can get to the trading post and catch the monthly mail shipment, I may be able to get there in time. Mush! Mush! So you spirited Terry out of the cold country into the land of palm trees and clig lights. Hollywood! They were married as soon as they arrived, and the film colony went wild over the producer's new bride and future star. Screen tests were made, a script was chosen, and shooting began. Everything was wonderful for a few weeks. Then the makeup man came to see Hugh. It is it is about your wife, Monsieur Allard. She is a lovely woman, but her skin lately well um, What speak up, Markel, uh, what is it? I had trouble lately, Monsieur. She is haggard. What? Her skin is dry, cracking. I cannot do anything with it. I I hadn't noticed. I'll speak to her. <laughs> that night you told Terry about the makeup man's complaint. What is it, dear? Aren't you getting enough rest? Am oh, I working you too hard? I don't know, Hugh. I haven't been feeling well. I'm ill. Well, perhaps I should call a doctor. No, no, I'll be all right. Just let me rest. I just need to get a little more sleep. The next day, Terry didn't show up at the studio. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Hugh returned to their palatial Beverly Hills home to fetch her. Terry, Terry, what's wrong? What? Oh. Why are you wearing those gloves and that veil? Something's wrong, Hugh. Something's terribly wrong. But I'm sure I'll get over it. But Terry didn't get over it. No, 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 no. In fact, stranger things began to happen. <laughs> Lord, honey, why so much perfume? You reek from it. Oh, Hugh. Hugh. I never should have come to Hollywood. 
In the days that followed, Terry locked herself in her room, refusing to come out. She ordered her food sent up and left outside the door. Terry! Terry! Unlock this door! You've got to let me in! Terry, please! I'll get you a doctor! It's too late for that, darling. Go away. Leave me alone. Terry! At that very moment, a visitor from the frozen north arrived at the door of the Howard's estate. Terry's guardian had traveled by dog sled, by mail plane, and finally by train to get to Hollywood. Dr. Weems! Where is she, Howards? I've got to take her back before it's too late. You never should have taken her away. She's up in her room, Doctor. She refuses to see anyone. There's something wrong with her. First, my makeup man complained about her skin. Then, oh. then she started wearing gloves and a veil. Oh. Now she's secluded herself. Her, her voice sounds so strange. Today, she even refused to answer me when I called. Then it, it's too late. Take me to her. What is it, Doctor? Tell me. Her father, Professor Harlan, and myself were collaborating on a scientific experiment when the accident occurred. With his dying breath, Harlan begged me to try our new process on Terry. The accident happened on the highway just outside my laboratory. We had been working with monkeys. We found that even though we had revived them after they had been dead for only a few minutes, they continued to decay. Cold was the only answer to preserve them. You revived them after death? Yes, Mr. Howards. And Terry Arlen was dead as well. I revived her. That was the experiment Professor Arlen and I had been working on. I rushed her to that Arctic settlement to keep her from decaying. I had to teach her everything all over again. The reviving process reversed the patient to infanthood. So you're saying... Terry has been dead for over six years. Oh, Lord. Here, doctor. This is her room. Help me with the door! Howards and weeds forced open Terry's door. As it swung ajar, the fetid, rancid odor of decay burned their nostrils. Terry lay upon her bed in a flimsy pink gown. Her flesh was rotted upon her bones. Her face was a gray skull-like death mask. Its bare teeth set in an idiotic grin. <laughs> a wave of nausea swept over Hugh as he stared at the shapeless, putrid remains of his once lovely Come, my boy. We can't help her now. <laughs> so that's why Terry doused herself with perfume. After all, how much can a body stand? Even a dead 
bunny bear for you. Well, a cold wife is better than no wife at all. Maybe if Terry had stayed up north, she would have lasted indefinitely instead of rotting on the hoof. <laughs> I'll bet those hot clink lights didn't help the situation either. Oh well, she probably would have been a rotten actress anyway. <laughs> I kill myself. <laughs> well, that's it for now, my little boils and ghouls. I'll turn you back over to the Crypt Keeper. You'll be hearing from me the next time I guest host Tales from the Crypt. Or better yet, join me in the next issue of my audio bag. The Vault of Horror. <laughs> Nighty night, kiddies. All right, and that was a double feature of The Nephews and Hollywood Ending, produced by Bill Dufries and the Rocky Coast Radio Theater, a group of incredible actors, most of whom I have had the awesome opportunity to work with or talk to and know that uh, Bill's taste is, of course, very high, working in professional audiobooks. He knows a lot of these people. They're awesome. Anyone who's ever worked with Bill is great, and um, thank you, Bill. Thanks for putting out this great stuff. Um, you can find a lot of Rocky Coast Radio Theater stuff on Audible. Um, Google Nightmares on Congress Street is the easiest way to do it, I think. Um, they have Edition 4 and Edition 5. Both collections are very, very good. Hope you um, support them and enjoy it. It's great stuff. Now, of course, blood continues to flow on Radio Drama Revival all month long, culminating that live killer show on Halloween night. All of that on the blog, radiodramarevival.com, or on Final Rune's website, finalrune.com slash horror, F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com slash horror. It's going to be great, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on All Hollows Eve, broadcast, stream, podcast, live video feed, the whole works. That, however, wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by me, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, but do please share this show, this podcast, as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio, and is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. <laughs>